September 19, 1881. James A. Garfield dies of wounds suffered in a July 2nd shooting. I looked it up, and guess what, baby? Garfield died on a fucking Monday. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And who's that coming over the mountain joining us once again? Oh, pull up a pull up a log next to the fire. Get some beans ready. It's Jen Pollock, everyone. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I, I felt like I was doing a semi-cowboy voice and don't know if that was actually ever the case. I'm very confused. Join the club. <laughs> you also, 100%, were just doing your normal ass voice. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, good to know. I have a smorgasbord of accents. This is my cowboy voice. This is my uh, uh, the other one. Uh, not Charlton Heston. Who's the Who's the other one? The other one besides Charlton Heston, Abraham Lincoln, uh, <laughs> Renee Zellweger, um, Clint Eastwood. Everyone from Abraham to Zellweger. <laughs> uh, Simba from The Lion King. I he don't, was in Pulp Fiction. Christopher Walken. Thank okay. you. <laughs> he's not the other one. I mean, he's when not you're talking Charlton about Heston. Charlton Heston. Points. Christopher Walken? Charlton Heston? Different people. <laughs> they're not like a famous duo or something, though. Like, one doesn't have like anything to do with the other. You never saw like, uh, Heston and Walken meet the mummy? No. Like, one was Moses in that stupid movie, and one might know how Natalie Wood died. They're completely <laughs> different people. Christopher Walken is not the president of the NRA, because I ain't a fucking member. <laughs> I mean, neither is Charlton Heston because he's been dead for, I think, like 10 years. I mean, he was, uh, yeah. though, uh, to a fair be fair. Of time. Ten, somewhere between, between 10 and 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I am firing on all cylinders this evening. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, we, normally this time... This is a podcast in which, uh, it's a comedy history podcast in which we talk about a person or event from history. One, uh, person gives the real version of that person or event, uh, as it is, uh, you know, fucking gift wrapped for you by the government and shoved down your throat in school, just like the man says it happened. And somebody else uh, gives uh, another version that they made up or read on the QAnon boards. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> those are the only two options. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you read it on the QAnon boards, someone else made it the fuck up. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope that's not something we have to clarify. Um, uh, but just yeah. in case. Uh, and then at the end, we vote on what becomes the true history of this brilliant blue spinning marble, blah, 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 blah. You know, all my, uh, all my, all my adjectives and then the word marble going forward. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. Yeah. Maybe I'll just pull up a thesaurus. I don't know why, I, why haven't I done that yet? I could just read like. Azure. 
yeah. Cerulean, uh, <laughs> Cobalt. Uh, uh, anyway. This time we are talking about, I believe, National Hotel Disease? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I did not uh, do... Uh, I did not do the research for this one. Uh, instead, Brian and Jen are going to take control. I think, is Jen doing the real? Yes. Yep. Okay. So that's where we're at. All right. And uh, before, actually, before we launch in, I want to remember to do this um, before we actually get into the part I need to warn people about. Um, this, like the Jon Snow episode and its discussion of cholera, is going to feature some uh, poop talk um, and some other gross stuff. So, yeah, the, just a heads up. The original alt title for this podcast. Poop talk. <laughs> poop talk. <laughs> is that is that a, a warning your listeners need? You know, I feel like I that's a thing. It's a no. thing where it's like unpleasant enough for some people that if they came across it without Here's being the- warned... I'm actually really excited to talk about all the diarrhea that went on. Oh, <laughs> actually, the, the the it's the historical hood that um, we are going to talk about poop in an episode that does not directly involve poop is already pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might as well just put that warning over the whole series. I- yeah. I don't. I don't. I feel like we don't often get into poop. There are a number of bodily emissions that we might talk about. Yes. In, in yeah. No. Other. Other. Everything else. Fair game. Uh, but I feel like we we tread lightly with you know poop. What? I don't think we've ever done an extended bit about boogers. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have your work cut out for you then. <laughs> now going to be trying to jam boogers into everything. <laughs> it's like third grade all over again. <laughs> uh, so, Jen, whenever you're ready, uh, take it away. So I want to say from the top that I got um, a lot of this info from a Washington Post article um, from Politico from uh, history.house.gov, which is like the history archive website for the House of Representatives. Um Something called Timeline, which is hosted on Medium, uh, Wikipedia, of course, and the podcast Sawbones. Um, they did a special episode on this as well. Um, so National Hotel Disease. Uh, spoiler, it was probably just dysentery. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Um, <laughs> just your regular old gutter dysentery. Just your regular old... That we've all had. Yeah. I mean, your run-of-the-mill, regular work-a-day dysentery. Is, <laughs> it was nothing special, probably, except for who it affected and when it happened. Um, so the disease outbreak at the National Hotel happened in the run-up to the inauguration of President James Buchanan who was a really shitty president, so this was a fitting start. Uh, From Wikipedia, he was a state's rights advocate, uh, minimized the role of the federal government in the nation's closing era of slavery. He is therefore consistently ranked by historians as one of the least effective presidents in history for his failure to mitigate the national disunity that led to the American Civil War. Least effective? I've is like a very nice 
way of putting that. Because I feel like I've yeah. usually seen that as just like worse. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, you, you always want to have some context. Yeah. Um, I have, I, I kind of get the feeling from everything that I've sort of heard and read about him that he was kind of like an Aaron Burr type. Where he just wanted power for the sake of like having power. Mm. Um, but his solo songs were great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um see the the poll I saw put him on the special list, very high on the tried their best list of presidents. <laughs> oh, go fuck heart. yourself. <laughs> Did their darndest. <laughs> If it wasn't for that uh, that meddling dysentery, yeah. he would have done a lot better. <laughs> well, and also being a racist. <laughs> yeah, there there is also um, he is referred to a lot as um, not as pro slavery, but as an anti abolitionist, um, <laughs> which I submit to you is d- d- fucking stupid. Like it's a <laughs> stupid a very- it's a stupid distinction to make um, because even. In the 1850s, like, even when slavery was still going on, people knew it was the wrong thing to be doing. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a mystery to anyone, like, what was going on. Um, so, so, yeah. Okay. But I'm trying to find the, this is, again, like, the tried their darndest list, where it's, like, a nice way of saying the same thing. Because if slavery is going on, and you're like, I don't support it, but also, I don't really want it to stop. I, I feel like you kind of made kind of made your choice. Yeah, like yeah. If Kitty exactly. Genovese is being stabbed over in the next area. You're like, I don't really want her to be stabbed, but I don't want it to stop. <laughs> you done fucked up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's near the top of the you done fucked up presidents. Also, definitely the best uh, metaphor for the <laughs> run-up to the American Civil War. at all. No, I think it was totally on the nose. I like um, it. I also wrote in my notes, he's the anti-James Garfield. Mm. Um, he Not really liked... Oh, yeah. Used that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've definitely used that's the one I've definitely that's used. That's the best one. And they're all at the end of the episode anyway, but still. <laughs> so... Uh, the National Hotel was, it doesn't exist anymore, um, but at the time, it was the nicest hotel in Washington, D.C., <laughs> um, but it was still filthy because this was the 1850s and it was Washington, D.C., which was a literal fucking swamp. It was literally a swamp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's literally a place in Washington, D.C. called Foggy Bottom yeah. that is like a nice place. Yeah. <laughs> To be. Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure that was one of the uh, original blues singers from the early 1900s, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was actually- Waters and, uh, yeah, uh, what, Howlin' Wolf and Foggy Bottom, mm-hmm. the, the big three. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood say, no Foggy Bottom. we <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> keeping that. <laughs> Um, so even though this was the nicest hotel of the nation's capital, everything was dirty, poorly ventilated, and probably covered in rat shit. Um, yeah, so even though the guests at the National Hotel were, like, really rich and fancy, the hotel itself was kind of a hovel. <laughs> the So all, all these, like, very fancy and important rich people um, 
came into town for the inauguration, um, including government officials, um, politicians. There were some um, higher-ups in the military there. Um, the inauguration itself, though, was in early March. I, I don't know why. It was just – it was in early March. Yeah, it was before um, they switched it. Yeah. Which I can't remember when that happened. Um, why? I don't – I am actually – I can't remember why they decided, like, this time it's January. I think it was to reduce just, like, the lame duck time. Period. Okay. Um, that would make sense. Which, if they can just go ahead and do that again, that would be super. Right. Let's just let's just kick him out, like, mid-November. <laughs> let's just get on with it. You're making certain assumptions that uh, <laughs> perhaps you shouldn't make. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> He's got to leave sometime. He's he got to die sometime. Anyway, so um, Buchanan and a bunch of other people um, actually came to town early in January. So there were actually two separate outbreaks. The first outbreak began in early January 1857, um, picked up speed mid-month, faded by mid-February, and then spiked again in March when the second wave of the inauguration crowd came to town. Uh, in total, about 400 people became ill and about three dozen died. Um, some died from complications lasting months after their initial illness. Uh, symptoms included diarrhea, vomiting, and inflammation of the mucous membranes in the stomach. Oh, no. And let me submit to you uh, that the trigger warning at the start of this episode <laughs> actually should have been for discussion of mucous membranes, because that is so much more gross. Really? That Okay, well... we'll Just the words. Yeah, no, it is, it is a gross word. Moist mucous membrane. Just, that's the only time we're going to talk about Red, it? Red leather, Listeners, yellow leather. When you're done voting on the history, we've also got to pull up which is worse, poop? Or mucous membrane. <laughs> Vote now on inst- on our Instagram or where the winner gets a you... bucket of Nickelodeon gack. Yeah. <laughs> you can't um, so either the winner of the poll would either be poop or mucous membrane. Which yeah, vomiting, vomiting. I guess we're and okay no with. one else. No, none of none of the rest of us. Yeah, would yeah, be no, losers. No, no matter who wins, everyone else is a loser. So you're either going to ward some shit or some mucous membrane. With a bucket of gack. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, no, they're both here just waiting expectantly. <laughs> We've got a tarp down. <laughs> so the the really um, weird thing about this illness is that sufferers often uh, reported a recurrence of symptoms after leaving the hotel. Um, as I said, some of them actually... Um, had recurrences of the illness um, like months after they had initially been sick. Um, Buchanan also became sick that January uh, with this mystery illness. And for a while, diarrhea was called the Buchanan grips, which (laughs) I thoroughly enjoy. (laughs) That's one of my favorite things about this story. (laughs) There's, there's one better coming. (laughs) Should bring that back. Why is it? Why did that yeah. fall out of? Just because nobody remembers who Buchanan is, because we are terrible at remembering our own history. <laughs> I think this would be a fitting reminder. Yeah, no, I submit that even if no one understands the context, if you were to say, "I got the Buchanan grips," I got to step out for a minute, people will be like, "No, he is 
undergoing an ordeal yeah. right now. Yeah, you can kind of you can kind of infer, I think, from context <laughs> what's what's happening in your pants there. Um Anyway, <laughs> um, a doctor also traveling with Buchanan uh, became ill as well. Um, this doctor, Jonathan Foltz, uh, believed that the soup served at a banquet for the president and his guests was the cause of the illness. So basically, he thought it was just food poisoning. Um, there was there was also a, a major, I guess, in the army among those who were sickened and died. And... He was the only one to be fucking autopsied because, again, this was the 1850s and we were idiots. Um, they found gangrene in his stomach. Oh, like God. his stomach tissue was dead. That's, that's uh... We're just going to set that aside because we don't really know what to do with it. But it's a thing that happened. <laughs> just gonna put that in the just box gonna, of things yep. we don't look at. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So anyway, Buchanan went uh, back to Pennsylvania, which is where he is from, uh, to recuperate. And all the fancy people uh, left the hotel. And <laughs> all those fancy people all those with fancy their fancy assholes. diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rich man's fat cat. Uncontrollable Buchanan grips. And once everyone, like once the pre the uh, president elect uh, left the hotel and all his guests left, uh, incidences of the disease fell sharply. Because of this, and the fact that Buchanan was an anti-abolitionist and was first sickened before he was even inaugurated, uh, the illness proved to be ripe fodder for conspiracy theorists. Um, probably also, you know, the fact that no one knew what the fuck it was had something to do with. All the conspiracy theories. Um, surprise, there were conspiracy theorists back then, yeah. too. Um, oh, my God. Also, so one of the... Um, so someone wrote a book about National Hotel Disease, um, and it came out in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a review of this book in the Washington Post. And the person who was writing the review was like, well, not much has changed. There was a lot of... Uh, I can think of a few Economic things. inequality in oh, Washington yeah. in those days. Like, Freedmen's shacks were literally, like, barely standing next to, like, rich people's mansions. And gentrification also was still happening back then, too. Um, mm -hmm. City officials would triple or quadruple the value of Freedmen's land um, to make it unaffordable. And then white people would come in and buy it up. Um, also conspiracy theories. Um, oh, oh, and the, uh, the person writing the article was like, oh, a mysterious disease outbreak? This is just like Ebola. Remember oh. Ebola, guys? Remember when Ebola was, like, the huge problem the world was facing? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, almost quaint, but not yeah. quite. I, because I it's still Ebola. It's yeah, it's still Ebola. In, in no way affected people who look like me, so I feel bad saying that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, if you so, got it, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know, the, the global impact was nowhere near, but it, it's still fucking Ebola. Um but anyway, so uh, so more than one newspaper uh, speculated that guests had been poisoned in a plot to assassinate the president. 
Uh, political rivals, abolitionists, and freedmen working at the National Hotel were all blamed. Uh, never mind the fact that there were no freedmen working at the hotel. All their staff were white. Yep. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, it's never stopped a conspiracy theorist before. I know, right? Um, Buchanan was so concerned about the rumors, partly because it would cast a shadow over his inauguration, but also partly because he was friends with the owners of the hotel. Uh, he wanted to start his presidency with a clean slate, and so he went back to the National Hotel to stay there again right before <laughs> his inauguration. And he got sick again. And he was super sick during his inauguration. And for a long time afterwards. Now, I want to pause here for a moment. I'm not a historian. But according to my reading of the historical record, this means that there is a chance that during his inauguration, President Buchanan may have shit his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I... If I were to, like put together a pool of, like, which presidents shit themselves during their inauguration. Oh, there'd be a few candidates on that list for me. Um, I mean, Buchanan, Obbs. Grant, maybe. Oh, I, I feel Wasn't like, he kind of a drunk? Oh, yeah, but I'm Always bet Grant. on the drunks. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe um, McKinley. I could see McKinley. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Actually, yeah. The more I think of it, the more I think McKinley. And of course, all the like, all the first 10, because that's just what you did. <laughs> there there were no toilets back then. No, it was you it, just. No, you just shit on the floor and like magic it away. <laughs> I, I think you're thinking of something else. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. That sounds right. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my that favorite part of the whole is. story. The yeah. world is. We've officially turned a corner on that. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about your fucking house anymore. You know what? I'll say it. Thanks, J.K. Rowling. You killed the most annoying talking points uh, of our generation. Your rampant transphobia means people are too embarrassed to talk about their fucking Hufflepuff shit anymore. <laughs> Thanks for being garbage. Yeah. It was over. It was time for it to end, and and you made it happen at the cost of your own respectability. (laughs) I didn't think there was a bright side, but you found it. (laughs) That's why we call him Mr. Brightside. Yeah. Yeah. That's the killers made a song about me, I guess. (laughs) When I was too young to be the... The focus of that song it would have been weird. <laughs> You're right. That's that's the layer of unreality we need to really unpack. Listeners might be interested to know that this is especially funny because Zach basically never smiles. Oh, I don't know about that. I've seen. <laughs> hey, pretty Zach, why don't you give us a smile? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, God. Anyway. Anyway, back to the diarrhea. Um, <laughs> so, so that's my favorite part of the story is that he, like Buchanan, probably shit his pants during his own inauguration, um, as opposed to someone else's inauguration, which <laughs> would have still been funny, but like not as funny. Just sitting at home, yeah, in his recliner. 
So during this second outbreak, this is now the second outbreak, uh, two congressmen from Buchanan's native Pennsylvania died. Uh, Another representative who was politically aligned with Buchanan died. And Buchanan's nephew, who was going to be his secretary, also died, Uh, which only served to fuel the rumors for poisoning and assassination attempts. So what really happened? Arsenic poisoning was really unlikely. The only autopsy showed no brain damage, and in in addition to like diarrhea and vomiting, um, arsenic does cause brain damage. Um, there was arsenic being used in the hotel as rat poison because this super fancy hotel, again, was full of fucking rats. Like, yep. I'm not kidding you guys. It was overrun with vermin. <laughs> Welcome to the 1850s. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be technically kind of alive. <laughs> It's it's really unlikely that so many people were accidentally exposed to arsenic all at once, um, or even purposely exposed to arsenic all at once, because uh, it doesn't explain the ongoing symptoms that people experienced after leaving the hotel mm-hmm. and going the fuck home. Um, it could also be cholera, which is basically caused by lack of sanitation. Um, but vomiting is not really a thing with cholera. It's mostly like watery diarrhea and dehydration. Um, also, I think cholera was something that doctors of that era, like, knew about and could diagnose. Yeah, I... I might be wrong. Doctors were really fucking stupid. No, like... Like, it seemed like they had enough awareness about cholera's existence to be able to look at some diary and be like, yep, that's cholera. (laughs) There's your problem. (laughs) It's also the problem that, uh, I don't think anybody loved James Buchanan, and I've heard there's often love in the time of cholera. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Now I feel like I'm gonna have the Buchanan grips just (laughs) So um one one more interesting piece of the puzzle. Um the mayor of DC and the Board of Health got together and decided that it was a poisonous miasma. From a nearby sewer. Um, just in case you forgot what era we're talking about and how stupid doctors were back then. Um, <laughs> it sounds completely made up and uh, just patently impossible. Um, but there may be something to it, actually. Um, the hotel was so poorly ventilated that some air shafts led nowhere. Um, <laughs> It's John McClane's nightmare, truly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're a feet full of broken glass, and the air shaft you're in just ends in a brick wall. (laughs) I just picture I'm trying to buy a house, be like, listen, are there there air shafts around? I need... Or just how I get around. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's like the next hyperloop is just a bunch of air shafts around a city that a fucking egg man can get oiled up and crawl crawl inside. Again, something else that I feel needed a trigger that's warning the, more than poop talk. The, <laughs> die hard six, die hard or property brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking like the Death Wish remake he did, basically. But the brothers are Jeremy Irons and Alan Rickman. <laughs> Back from the dead, one of them at least. One Zombie Alan Rickman. <laughs> so 
But some some of these uh, horrible air shafts uh, actually did worse than nothing. Uh, they actually piped fetid sewer fumes directly into guests' rooms. <laughs> <laughs> In some rooms, the fumes were actually blowing in so strongly that if you held a candle up to the vent, the fumes would blow it out. <laughs> I like I'm just picturing like someone walking into a room and just like smelling the the sewer breeze yeah, and then just like, like reaching for the mint on their pillow and be like, "Well, I guess this is my room." I'm actually just really enjoying, like, the idea of a rich person, like, having to spend the night in a hotel room that is full of vermin and smells like a sewer. The best hotel in the city. It's like, we can't complain, honey. This has five stars on Yelp. Yeah. (laughs) This is the best it's going to get. It looks like we have no taste. Yeah. (laughs) Our room smells constantly of human shit. (laughs) (laughs) And probably dead rats. (laughs) <laughs> and living rats too yeah, that's living not... rats also <laughs> so that's so that's the story of national hotel disease which was probably dysentery oh uh, thank you my story sort of revolves around um i think i had at first i was looking at the wrong national hotel disease i do apologize um but it turns out it does intersect in some ways because this was the 1850s, which was, of course, uh, a golden age of indie rock and roll. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was around this same time um, that uh, Jeff Mangum and James Buchanan uh, got together to form uh, National Hotel Disease. Sure. Um, <laughs> which was a pioneering... Uh, I hope you're exactly our age. <laughs> <laughs> or older. <laughs> yeah, or, or a little older, yeah. Um, because it's... if you're Gen Z, guess what? You didn't get that joke. <laughs> and you know what? If you're a boomer, you also did not get that joke. <laughs> but that's probably not the first one on this show. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you're in either of those two groups, strap in for the next three minutes as I lean in pretty heavily with this. Um, anyway, Buchanan played tambourine and glockenspiel. Um, and, you know, they found pretty moderate success at first, but they really, uh, they really hit the big time with the launch of their album in a balloon over some water. (laughs) Fetid swamp water or regular water? I mean, really... Six of one at this at this point in history. Didn't even specify the type of body of water, just some water. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, it was lauded for its originality and, um, let's say, challenging nature, I guess. <laughs> my, my feelings on In the... I realized as I was writing this, my feelings on Neutral Milk Hotel and In the Aeroplane Over the Sea in particular have changed since I was 22. Yeah, <laughs> A little well. bit. I mean, that album is uh, much older than that. Definitely, uh, that is an album I listened to in high school, full stop. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really like, start listening to it until I was... Stephen Colbert, I remember being in high school and Stephen Colbert being like, this is my favorite album before the Colbert Rapport started. Okay. <laughs> because it helped him deal with the death of his uh, father in an airplane, I believe. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, I could, I could see that. And then, well, Stephen Colbert also, like, on the Colbert Report would have, like, The Apples in Stereo and other, like, related bands. I think he had, like, Of Montreal also. Yeah. Um, other bands that were, like, 
related to neutral milk. Anyway, this, that's for uh, Pitch Fuckers, our Pitchfork podcast, which I really, we really need to rename. <laughs> I'll, I'll do another take on that. Um, <laughs> I'll just bleep it. Um, I think that's great. I think that's a great porn parody of Pitchfork. <laughs> people give uh, an album a 5.3 while just getting pounded. <laughs> I was going to say, like, granted... There's not, you don't need plot, certainly, <laughs> but what plot does that suggest? Because to be a parody suggests some sort of story structure <laughs> to it. <laughs> that there's like a beginning, middle, and end. And granted, I guess I suppose there is in in coitus. I mean, I feel like if it's pitchfork, you don't really need a fair, plot. Fair, I guess. Um National Hotel Disease toured the U.S. from Maine to the Kansas Territory, and really seeing the country up close uh, convinced Buchanan that it, he hated it so much. <laughs> he hated the country. Um, and he was like, I'm going to run for president and r- just really fuck with him. Um, and that alarmed Mangum, partially because, yeah, I was breaking up the band just when they were sort of getting big. Um but also, he he liked it when people weren't harmed by their leaders. Um, I yeah. did like I did a background search on Jeff Mangum to make sure he was like a cool guy before I. So I was like, I'm either going to make fun of him more or I'm going to center him more. I mean, and he seems deal, cool. A great deal of uh, in an airplane over the sea is about the horrors of fascism, I guess, in a yeah. roundabout way. So yeah, I assume he likes leaders who don't murder their own people or cause their deaths unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, he and his wife are also both like activists for like people uh, dealing with like insurmountable debt issues. So nice. So anyway, Jeff Mangum, this is like Jeff Mangum, senior, 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 quit music and started playing the long con. Um, and he, what he did was he worked his way up the, competitive world of Washington hotel kitchens. You know, he started at the bottom rung with sort of like the the hotel that's more shit than like than drywall, really. His main and, responsibility was killing rats in the kitchen. Yeah, basically. Or, you know, just like if they're not causing any trouble, kind of letting them be. So he moved up to the, like the next step up, which was just you know, it's ba- it's basically the grades from like F to A are like different degrees of how much poop is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he works his way up. Uh, I'm, with I'm the- assuming each one stands for stands for something. F feces, feces, feces. <laughs> well, that sounds positive. D dookie, dookie, dookie. <laughs> C I don't know. Crap, crap, crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> B for beamers, 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 <laughs> and. A for almost no poop. Ain't no poop here. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yes, poop, but not a lot. B, B for <laughs> B for bit of poop. <laughs> that's the worst. Like that's the worst Halloween candy. <laughs> that joke is for anyone whose dad enjoys bit of honey. <laughs> also, the worst Halloween candy. Um, I think Smarties are actually the worst Halloween candy. I fuck with Smarties. I'm not gonna lie. <sighs> 
You know what? They, the they're not challenging. That's sort of what I like about them. Smarties are an approachable candy. <laughs> um, I don't care for Whoppers. I I I love I love Whoppers. I could understand, but I understand it though. Yeah, I could understand that. Um, the texture is kind of weird. And as someone who had a lot of fillings, Maybe. even as a child, no milk duds, please. You know what? Now that I'm an adult, I haven't had Whoppers in about 10 years. Maybe my refined palate is ready for a Whopper. I wish they had dark this chocolate Halloween, Whoppers. That's my only thing. This Halloween, I'll try a Whopper. It was like when I got to college. This is a true story. And I was like, and I wrote this uh, in my uh, farewell. We had little autobiographies in our, uh, Brian and I were both in place. Yep. And when we were in the shows, they let us <laughs> I remember write our this. own. <laughs> little biographies in the playbill and my biography was uh this is zach's final play with columbine when he gets to college he hopes to finally eat a toblerone and i did (laughs) (laughs) how was it it was okay it's just okay yeah Yeah. it's all right i I need another one i think maybe i've had two in my life now (laughs) i mean it's just chocolate right I it's think there's like, something in it. Yeah, there's some shit in it. It's I like a Toblerone. <laughs> um, there's also a picture online. I will try to find it somehow. Of you can get like a Toblerone with like a custom word printed on the box, and it's a picture of a a dude who got high and forgot he ordered a custom Toblerone that just says like Toblerone on it. Um, anyway. Uh, He was trying to work his way into the National Hotel because he knew, like, if Buchanan makes it, that's where he's going to be. But interview after interview, stage after stage, he just couldn't cut the mustard, um, as it were. Um, And that's when he made a new friend, uh, which was uh, a small, uh, ambitious, uh, culinarily inclined rat named Frenchie. Frenchie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I couldn't come up with another thing. Um, Frenchie sort of made a deal. She was, I think, a member of the Pink Ladies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> True. Accurate. Yep. 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 So where in Brian's subconscious Rizzo. was that stored? Rizzo. Wait, what? Her name Rizzo was Rizzo, not Ratso. I thought it was Ratso Rizzo. It is Ratso Rizzo. <laughs> but in The Muppets, the rat is named Rizzo. Yes. As a reference to Ratso Rizzo. Yeah, that's, sorry, I was going for. (laughs) Usually we're in Muppets over here. Usually we're speaking from a Muppet. Muppets were like, you know, just make make this allusion to this (laughs) X-rated film. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, it was unjustifiably rated X, but still. Yeah. Uh, It's still generally inappropriate for children. Sure, sure. I forgot that was rated X, Jesus. Um, Anything that had gay shit in it, they were like, X! Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So they make a deal. Frenchie will help Jeff Mangum become the cook at the chef at the National Hotel. And uh, Mangum will let Frenchie live under his hat and kind of just not kill him and do its rat thing in the kitchen. Um, So they go for the first interview and... You know, they produce this soup. Mangum sort of lets Frenchie out. Frenchie swims around in the in the broth. So they bring it to the person doing the interview. That person, they taste the soup. And they get just horrific, 
like antique diarrhea. It reminds and. them of the diarrhea they got when they were a child. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and so that vacates the position and Mangum becomes the head chef at the National Hotel, which is right before the inauguration. The uh, The plan really gets set into gear. It's showtime. Mangum drops off Frenchie uh, in the president's soup. Uh, which the president's soup also sounds like a bad one act play. Um, and that's the secret origin of national hotel disease. It's Frenchie swimming around in the soup, kind of just like pooping his little heart out. Um, it was the soup. And <laughs> it was the soup after all. Um, of course it didn't work out because Buchanan recovered. And so Megan was like, well, I don't know what else to do. And he starts a punk band called the Buchanan grips. <laughs> um, and Frenchie would go on to write the lyrics to The King of Carrot Flowers, parts one and two. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which that, were passed down in the Mangum family for. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the. And I believe have oddly prescient uh, lyrics that are weirdly. Could be applied retrospectively to the Holocaust, which had not yet happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I forgot. I really forgot a lot of the lyrics to that particular song, but it's also the only title I remembered from the album. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember the one that's like really brassy, that is like very much directly about Anne Frank. Um, yeah, there's yeah. Anyway, that's the that's the alternate history of National Hotel Disease, the band and the poop. Well, there you go. Um, listeners, before we move on to judgment, uh, I want to say, hey, uh, if you want, you should review this podcast on your podcast app of choice. Written reviews are especially, especially helpful. They give uh, they give whatever <laughs> labyrinthine algorithm these crazy contraptions use uh, a little more juice. And it puts more butts in the seats. I do want to throw out, we did recently, well, not recently, about a month ago, got a uh, got a very kind review. And I want to thank the person with username OGTJT for leaving that. And uh, I just want to say, because they mentioned that their favorite aspect of the show was me learning about drugs, that don't worry, there's plenty left for me to learn about drugs. Um, very much inexperienced, uh, in that realm. Uh, so please teach me your ways, I guess. Um, as hands off as possible. Also, if you want to say, write us a letter, leave us a comment, ask us a question, interact with us in any way, you can always do that at revisionistpodcast.com. Just go to the contact page or by hitting us up on Twitter or Instagram. Um, also Facebook, uh, but also Facebook is evil, uh, and also owns Instagram. So we'll see, we'll see about that. Um, specifically, um, let us know which is more objectionable, <laughs> diarrhea or mucous membranes. Yeah. Here's oh, what you- yes, of course we did. Uh, right. Wanted to make sure we got that. Yeah. Here's what you do. Just, just say it one more go time. To our page. And just leave a comment that either says diarrhea or mucous <laughs> membranes. No other context. Uh, and our page, let me reiterate, is at Ted Cruz. 
on Twitter. <laughs> so we'll do a count of that. Also, we have our uh, our Patreon, uh, which you can use to pledge your support to the show to help us some defray some of the hosting costs. Again, these are hard times. We're not expecting. We're not expecting really you to be able to do that but if you can right. it'd be much appreciated uh speaking of hard times uh plugs <laughs> um register to vote make sure you're registered to vote people that's not just for the the big one but for all the down ballot races also because those are have a large impact in the day to day lives of people aren't sheriffs elected in a lot of places yeah sheriffs are, are indeed Sheriffs are elected, um, mayors, city council, but also school boards, you know, things like, things like that. So pay attention, educate yourself on who's running and the different ballot initiatives in your area because. Are judges, are judges voted on like everywhere or is it? I don't, most places. Most places you can vote to retain or yeah, fire a judge. I don't want to say everywhere uh, because I don't know for sure, but I, I'm pretty sure it's... Certainly here in Illinois that's the case. And I believe in Colorado yeah. it is as well, from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. I think most places. I just Google them sure. before you vote. Yeah, yeah, find a voting guide from a trusted source. It's difficult to look up every single judge and do a thorough, you know... Uh, yeah. Sometimes there's dozens and dozens of them. Yeah. Uh, but a trusted source will usually give you at least a... A sense. Yeah. And uh, just for reference, Joe Rogan is not a trusted source of anything. No. Just just to maybe th- just to pick a name yeah. and toss it out there. I pick mean, a name at random. Say, want to get some DMT? Probably Joe Rogan, trusted <laughs> source. Beyond that, I don't know. Uh, in terms of your thoughts and ideals... Uh, he shouldn't be the end of the ball game, let's say. <laughs> um, but I don't know, did either of you want to mention anything plug-wise? Uh, I guess I'm still doing the Movie Trap podcast with oh, my yeah. friends, Chris and Russell. I'm sure Brian will be back on at some point. And in theory, I think we're going to have Russell on this show at some point. Yes. So, uh, all good things. You can check that out where there's podcasts. I kind of just, since we already talked about voting and stuff, uh, I kind of just want to plug not listening to Joe Rogan. Who the <laughs> hell of your listeners I is listening know. to Joe? Probably, just don't. I suspect a fair, uh, there's probably some. Go it's away. Don't do it. podcast run by a comedian, and this is a comedy podcast. I I hope there's not a lot of, yeah, we are, we're but, also like a very different vibe. Yeah, I think that Joe that's, Rogan, that's kind of what I was. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it, like if there's if there's if you're that one dot in the Venn diagram, either God give us you, money or go away. <laughs> like make make solid choices in your life. <laughs> anyway, that brings us to judgment, uh, which falls on Zach's shoulders. Uh, you know. This is one of those ones where the real story has a lot of open ends that are speculative guesses about what really ended up happening. So, for example, like what the actual cause of the uh, the the disease was is unclear in the actual version of events. And I always like a little closure. Plus, 
the alternate had copious references to uh, my uh, to Neutral Milk's hotel in an airplane over the sea. And you know what? This is a, this is a podcast that started in a little city called Denver, Colorado, and in an airplane over the sea was recorded in a little city called Denver, Colorado. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> right where uh, Lincoln Park and Capitol Hill meet down there on Spear. That's where that the record was recorded. And so it feels like it's right to give a little bit of a Denver history. It's it's due <laughs> and vote for the alternate. Well, listeners, uh, as you're hearing this, voting is now open to our uh, Patreon donors. And then check the Instagram feed next Wednesday for the final round of, uh, of voting on that. Uh, but, Zach, thank you, as always. Of course. Jen, thank you. You're welcome. For everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Dousing this campfire, getting the chili ready uh, to store, putting it on the horse. Putting it on the chili horse. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Get a rope is my response. <laughs> that's, that's the correct one. Uh, I'll, I'll use rawhide for the outro no, music. That's the reference. That's a reference for people who are probably debatably older than millennials. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, have a good time. September nineteenth, eighteen eighty one. James Garfield dies after a July 2nd shooting by Leon Sholgosh, the Ringo of presidential assassins. September 19th, 1796. George Washington's farewell addresses published in newspapers across the country, below a mattress ad and above that day's Ziggy Strip. Uh, last one. September 19th, 1974. Happy birthday, Jimmy Fallon. I'd write a joke, but if he's not going to bother, why should I? September 19th, 1881. James A. Garfield dies of wounds suffered in a July 2nd shooting. I looked it up, and guess what, baby? Garfield died on a fucking Monday. <laughs> cool. Uh, I got a couple more. Yeah. <laughs> um... September 19th, 1881... Or, I already said 1881. September 19th, 1893. In New Zealand, the Electoral Act of 1893 gives all women in New Zealand the right to vote. The, such, the suffrage movement allegedly consisted of one Kiwi woman saying, Excuse me, we'd like to vote. To which the government immediately responded, Oh yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> kind of breaking out a different accent. I'm trying it. The New Zealand accent I'm not a master of, but I had I had to give it a go. Uh, and finally, September 19th, 1940. Witold Pilecki is volunteer... Uh, September 19th, 1940. Witold Pilecki is voluntarily captured and sent to Auschwitz to gather and smuggle out information for the resistance. He then escaped... Then, after the war, got captured by the Soviets and killed by Stalin. Straight up, how have we not done an episode about this dude?